like to begin again. Yes, praise the Lord. Isn't it, isn't it so great that God always enables us to, um, no matter what's happened, He says, okay, you come to a, po to a point, and then you're just going to begin again. And just remember that I am with you. And as um, J.K. had mentioned before when we began our service, he said something about, um, isn't it great to just go to the hiding place to know that he is our hiding place and he fills, and he fills you up with strength and, and so many so many different things he fills you up with. And, and I had this experience once, and I've mentioned this, and for those of you who read my book, it was in, it was in my book. Um, there was a, a time when I would say it was probably, yeah, it was around 1990, and God just put on my heart that, I needed to read the book, The Hiding Place. You've all heard of that, but Corey Ten Boom. And um, I just read it, and I didn't know why God had me read it. But um, we, my wife and I were looking for a house to rent. We, were, we had a house, we had our house in, um, in the plantation area, and we were moving up to Palm Beach County, so the first stop was Boca Raton, um, and we were there. Of course, we had different studies that we led there, so we were there for a year, and then we had to go to, then we moved up to Palm Beach Gardens. But um, when we were in, to get into Boca, we just absolutely could not find a house. It, we just couldn't, we needed a house to rent, and I mean, you know, sometimes you hear people get houses all the time and they can rent it or sell it like that. And other times you hear they're looking and looking and looking. And we couldn't find anything. My wife and I just went through every neighborhood and we, we, we just couldn't find anything. And finally, we went into this one neighborhood and we found this house and it was, it was just perfect for us. So we wanted to rent it for the year, because then we knew we were going to move up to Palm Beach Gardens. So we wanted to rent it for the year. And, um, and again, we prayed, Lord, if this is you, um, then, then um, just show us, give us a confirmation. And what happened, what happened was... Um, he said to us, the community, the community. And I didn't know what, what he meant about the community. So um, I asked, I said, so what is the name of this community? And the name of the community was Escondido, which means hiding place. And so, and so I don't know if God had me read hiding place or if he was saying hiding place, hiding place, and I interpreted, I interpreted it 
as, um, and go read the book. The book was great. I'm glad I read it. But isn't it interesting that God speaks to us? And there are thoughts that we have, and a lot of times we don't know if it's God, but we need, when we get these thoughts, we need to stop thinking about, oh, all of a sudden I got this thought. We need to say, God, are you trying to speak to me? Because he is our hiding place. He is the one we have to run to. He is the one at this time of beginning again. He's the one we run to and he blesses us. He's the one who gives us increase. He's the one who gives us abundance and over and overflow. He's the one who, he's the one who takes care of us. He's the one who takes care of all the giant obstacles in our life. He is the one. And so this is encouraging about a new beginning or, or beginning again. It's encouraging to know that we might be at a time when, oh my gosh, we wish we could do things a little bit different. We wish we would have done things a little bit different. And God is saying, this is time for you to begin again. You can do it different. You can focus on me. You can focus on me. Your thoughts, could, you, you need to know that, that your thoughts that you get, you have to take them to me and let me show you which are my thoughts <coughs> and which are the thoughts you need to get rid of. And so, many of us <coughs> are, are waiting for a breakthrough <coughs> in, in our lives and different things in our lives. <coughs> um, <coughs> Morris was waiting for a breakthrough. <coughs> so he went to a psychiatrist. And he said, Doc... I've got real trouble. Every time I get into bed, I get this weird feeling that there's somebody under it. And I keep having to get out of bed, look under bed, check it out. I, th I think there's somebody un underneath the bed. So I look and there's nobody there. Then I think, well, maybe as I look that someone went on top of it. So I go back and forth all night long, on top, under, on top, under, dock. You've got to help me. I'm going crazy. So just, <clears throat> so he said to the doc, just put yourself in my hands for a few years. Oh, no, the doctor said to him, just put yourself in my hands for a few years and uh, come to me three times a week and I'll cure your fears. And how much do you charge, he said. Well, I charge $100 per visit. And he thought, well, I don't want to pay $300 a week. So he said, I'll think about it. Six months later, the doctor met Morris on the street. Why didn't you ever come to see me again, asked the psychiatrist. Well, for $100 a visit, I thought that was too much money. And by the way, my teenage son cured me for free. Is that so? How did he do that? He just told me to cut the legs off the bed. <laughs> 
and he was cured. <laughs> so he had a, he had a new he had a new beginning. <clears throat> but what we need to do for a new beginning to beginning again is consider all the trials and tribulations we have gone through and we are going through. Consider consider them pure joy as Jacob says in chapter 2 of, of his book, pure, consider it pure, pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and perseverance let it, will need to finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Consider it all joy. Let us consider our trials and tribulations joy. Not that we say, oh, I'm rejoicing because this thing happened to me and that thing. No, I'm not talking about that. But consider it joy because you're saying, you know what? I really believe, Lord, that you're behind, that you are with me and you're allowing me to go through this because you have something for me and you have chosen me to go through this. <clears throat> so that is, what a, that is what beginning again is. And what God is saying about that is keep your, is keep your eyes fixated upon me. <clears throat> And you see, isn't it interesting that, okay, the last thing that happened that we know that happened at the end of the, um, the Torah is Moses died. He went, to be with, he went to be with God. And before, when you think about it, um, before you even have time to grieve the death of Moses, you rewind the scroll, read the narrative of the Bereshit, a new beginning, a new creation, a new heaven, a new earth, a new man into which God breathes his neshama v'chaim, his soul of life. And what, what he's showing from that, remember, yeah, it ends with the death of Moses, and now there's new creation with the, with, with the neshama v'chaim, the soul of life. Death gives way to life. And isn't that what it is in the Lord? In our walk with the Lord, death gives way to life. Now, if we have physical death, it gives way to life. Because being in the Lord, and when we die, we will all die once, and when we die, we will go right to life. We will go right to eternal life, a life that will not be taken away. So that is a blessing. <clears throat> and in things that we do, like in our trials and tribulations, we need to... Have God say to God, what are you trying to show me? What behavior must I change? 
or what is it that you want me to do and I'm not getting it, I'm not hearing it. Or maybe I think I could be hearing it, but I'm not doing it because I feel that, well, it might be you, it might not be you, so I don't really want to do it, so um, I'm not going to do it until I absolutely know that it's you. How many know that usually when that happens, if, if you really don't want to do it, God is telling you to do God is telling you to do it because you're really fighting with with your flesh. And um, so death gives way to because he's the eternal, the eternal God and and he's the first and the last and he's saying to us, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the one who lives, I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And he had to go before us. He had to go and resurrect before us. So, what we see with what we see in these chapters of Bereshit is that, remember I mentioned to you the, the tohu vohu, that, the, that the, the world was, or the earth was formless and empty. And there was, it was a state of in, in science, as science speaks about it, it's a, se a sense, a state of chaos. Because there's nothing there, and all of a sudden there's something there. And now, even science, in these days I've been reading articles about it, even science believes that something, there could be nothing, and something could just form from nothing. Matter could form from nothing. Science never believed that before, but now even science believes that something can form from nothing. And um, so what, what we see with that is that science and religion really are not that far apart because the creator of man and the creator of science just so happens to be the same person. It just so happens to be. Isn't that a coincidence? <laughs> so, we also see, we also see in, in the scriptures, in the, in the Parsha, the um, beginning argument between the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the Eitzchayim, the tree of life, we see that all of us have to make a decision. Every single one of us has to make the decision, do we follow the tree of knowledge of good and evil or do we follow the tree of life? The tree of knowledge of good and evil 
is an attractive tree. It was an attractive tree in the garden. And it's that, oh my gosh, I could have all this knowledge. It was wonderful. And it was a beautiful tree. And it was something that man, of course we know man, we're talking about Adam and Eve, but that's the whole nature, we have the same nature. Mankind would just want that. But the Eitz Chaim, the tree of life, that wasn't that attractive. And it's just like Mashiach, our Messiah, when he came, he wasn't the one who would look like he looked like he, he looked like someone that everyone would just follow. He didn't have that form, that beauty that people would just follow because he was charismatic. He wasn't the JFK type. He was just one of us. He was just one of us. But he had something different that none of us had. And that was, he was man and God at the same time. The Spirit of God was always upon him, was in him, lived in him, because he was God. And he was man at, at the same time. And he had what we need. And it doesn't matter... It doesn't matter that when you look around and you see all, all people who are attractive, they can look in the congregation and see everyone is attractive. But why is everyone attractive in the congregation? Everyone is attractive because you're looking at the love of God the glow, the orb of God that, that surrounds each and every one of us. And that's why we are all attractive. And that's why people should be following us, not because they're following us because of some tremendous traits that we have. They're following us because God is with us. And that's what they recognize within us, that God is with us. So every argument, every argument, everything goes back to the tree of life versus the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, I just, I had mentioned this part before, and I'd like to repeat it again because there's people who didn't, haven't heard this. According to 
writings of antiquity, there were seven things that were created in, in Hashem's mind before creation. The first was the Torah. The world was created... Um, the, 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 the purpose of the Torah is to bring one is to bring one to the love of God and the fear of God. To the love of God and the fear of God. Now, who just said that that we read as a congregation? It was just in Sukkot when we read Kohelet. Um, Kohelet, the preacher, Solomon, when he said, and that's the purpose, you love God, fear God, because everything else is vanity of vanities. Fear God. Love God, fear God, keep his commandments. And that's what he tells us to do. So the Torah was one of the things that was created in Hashem's mind before creation. The second was Teshuva. And that is, Teshuva was conceived in order to maintain our existence. Think about it. If there wasn't repentance, which is Teshuva, if there wasn't the ability to return, if there wasn't forgiveness because of that, we might not even be existing. He might just wipe, might have just wiped us out. But he doesn't wipe us out because he wants us to experience the cycles of life and the seasons of life and to begin again, to begin again, to begin again. Because if we've made Teshuvah, if we've truly repented and changed, then he allows us to begin again. And he also, also before existence was the Ganidan, which is a paradise, a paradise for the righteous. But the, that paradise, that garden, would have been very, very, very empty for eternity had he not sent his Mashiach to come and to take our sins and to die for us, so now paradise can be filled with all who are believers, family, all throughout time. Hallelujah. And he also, before creation, in his mind was Gehenni Nome, hell. Gehinom. Why? Because he's a God of judgment and there's blessings and there's curses. And the blessings come through repentance 
and following his word. And the curses come from not being righteous and not repenting and living the way of your flesh and the yetzer hara, the evil inclination that is with, within you. And he also, um, in his mind, according, this is all according to um, rabbinic writings, writings of antiquity, was the Kitei HaKavod, the heavenly throne of glory, to manifest Hashem's glory in the world. And it's interesting, I read these things because it's interesting. We don't know what was in God's mind, and no one knows, but this is, you know, from writings of antiquity. And it makes, and a lot of these things make, make sense, because the bottom line is it all adds to comes to the last, and we have the next to last thing, which is the Beit HaMikdash, um, the place where the Shekinah um, was to dwell permanently, and that's, that was, and that's where it, it will dwell permanently, and it will dwell for a thousand years in, when Yeshua reigns in the temple in Jerusalem, and of course, the final thing is the name of Mashiach. The name of Mashiach. And we all know that the name of Mashiach, it makes so much sense that his name would be Yeshua. Because Yeshua means salvation. And the bottom line is, is that in God's creation, in this creation, there might have been many more creations, who knows? And there may be many more. We don't, we don't know. It doesn't matter. Whatever God does, he does. And, and uh, I guess we'll find out a little more about that when we're with him, if he chooses to tell us everything. I don't know. It'll be interesting. But Mashiach, is all about salvation. And that was his desire, even before creation. He knew. Look, he cast out the evil one. And he cast out the evil one down to the earth. He knew that mankind, as soon as he would blow his breath, his ruach, and the neshama hachayim, the soul of life would enter a person and mankind would exist that the evil one would always try to bring mankind onto his side. And the evil one has done a a decent job of doing that because there's many, many people who have um, who have ended up going on the side of the evil one. We can look around today, put on the news, and you'll see a lot of a lot of unrighteousness. You'll see a lot of hatred. You'll see a lot of 
bad things going on. The beauty of it is that no matter what's going on, no matter what chaos, no matter what unrest there is, it's it's a beginning again. And each and every person, if they desire, can have that new, born-again experience. All they have to do is call out to to God. Call out to God and, and just say, this is crazy. I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm going crazy. God, just show me. Come to me. And he will. Because it's all about salvation. He's all about repentance. He's all about following his word. Hopefully we're in a new season when God fulfills much of his will on earth. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 102, 13, 14, But you, Adonai, sit enthroned forever. Your renown is from generation to generation. You will arise and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her, for the appointed time has come. There is an appointed time. There's an appointed time for God's word to be fulfilled. And I believe certain things are being fulfilled right now. Right now, certain things are being fulfilled. And there's a time when certain things need to be fulfilled in our life. And I think I'm going through a time of certain things being fulfilled. That doesn't mean that, oh, that's, that's great. Isn't that a great time? Oh, that doesn't mean it's a great time. I'm, I'm not saying it's great or not great. I'm just saying that when you're in the process of having things, God gives you a vision and you have things being fulfilled in your life, there's also the enemy is not going to be quiet. So, consider the Lord's word to his Talmudim. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. In this beginning again cycle, let us choose to bear fruit for our God, for our Messiah. And let us understand that he who chose us also, uh, who, he who chose us also appointed us to bear fruit. It's the same power that works surrender in us and that inspired our faith continues to work through our hearts throughout the days, appointing us to bear fruit. Do you believe that God has chosen you? If you do, then raise your hand. So my friends, I want to tell you, if you believe that God has chosen you, 
then you have to believe he's appointed you to bear fruit. And let this new beginning, this beginning again, be a time of bearing fruit, good fruit for Hashem, for Yeshua, for the God of all creation. Let him, let, let us bear fruit. And let that be our goal this year to follow him, follow his word, and to tell the evil one to take a hike and bear fruit for him so his kingdom can grow and his kingdom can be all over the earth. Thank you, Lord. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen and amen. Shabbat Shalom.